You are listening to the Enormo Cast. Hey folks, the word Enormo has long been used by Enormo Cast listeners to get great coffee from Defiant Bean and now BonfireCoffee.com. But now the magic word is going to make you not only more alert, but stronger and therefore more attractive. How does this work? Is simply screaming it at the crux enough? Perhaps. But more indirectly, but effectively, you can now use Enormo to get a discount on pure climbing holds. Go to pureholds.com, P-U-R-H-O-L-D-S.com, and enter Enormo at checkout for 10% off your purchase. And while you're there, check out the Enormo hold. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, that's, that's a big nice. place. You sold oh, it out. Yeah, I'll see. We really should. Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment with support from Maxim Ropes. And Defiant Bean is now Bonfire Coffee. How did that happen? Don't worry about it. Jeff is still roasting delicious coffee that will delight your taste buds and will make you feel, smell, and seem more sophisticated. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Normo at checkout for a discount. And now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Caloose. It is October 16th, about 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. And this is episode 67 of the Enormacast, a conversation with ice climber Don Glantz. Don was on the uh, show that I put out this spring with a few athletes, a few short conversations, and um, we had such a good time that afterwards we talked about doing it again and managed to hook up at the uh, trade show this summer. This will be my last episode recorded at the OR show in Salt Lake City. And the conversation with Don is actually sort of a nice fit with the episode I put out last time with Angela Van Wiemersch in that they're both ice climbers. They're of a different generation, both women. They have a connection to Ure. And uh, there's sort of two different kind of approaches and attitudes in both of them. So if you listen to uh, episode 66 with Angela, here's another approach to the same sport, maybe a little more traditional route that Dawn took to ice climbing. But nevertheless, two women getting after it. And Dawn has a lot to say about uh, the gender politics that kind of fit in with climbing. And uh, it's a big part of our conversation here. So look forward to that. So let's talk about the Enormacast for just a minute. We're coming up on the three-year anniversary in December, and I've managed to uh, keep this thing going with your help, with your listenership, and I do appreciate that. I also appreciate the donations that have come in uh, over the last few years, but uh, it's been a while since I've thanked everybody for those, and also I'd love to encourage anybody else who feels like this thing has been bringing value and inspiration to their lives well, you can give back just a little bit. The primary income of the podcast is donations. So if you're so inclined, click over to uh, enormacast.com and click on the donate button and type in an amount, however much you want. 
buy me a cup of coffee, buy me a beer, buy me a Sprinter van, whatever you're into. Also, you can help out by clicking on the help out tab. And uh, there's easy stuff up there to do to writing a review at iTunes somehow helps. I don't really understand. Every once in a while, I'm on the what's hot list for outdoor podcasts. Every once in a while, I creep up on the Dirtbag Diaries. Very rarely, if ever, surpassing them. But still, you know, I'm creeping up on them. I'm right behind them. Um, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. iTunes. I don't know how it works. But I think writing reviews is good. You can like the Facebook page. You can buy a t-shirt. You can support our other sponsors. A bunch of different things to do. This free podcast is not free to create. So any support is appreciated. Don't have much going on. Just going to be plugging away at this thing for a couple months. Don't have any sort of appearances coming up or anything like that. So hopefully we will uh, go into the darkness of winter, happy and healthy together. Okay, folks, let's get to Don's interview. Lovely, lovely person, Don. We always have a good time talking and she is very fun to talk to. So Hope you enjoy this one. We debate a little bit of gender politics in here, which, uh, you know, I'm always up for that. So ice climber and guide, Ohio transplant, Midwestern girl at heart, Dawn Glantz. As you know, Black Diamond is a sponsor of the Enorma cast. They help the Enorma love to flow freely into your ears which is fine with me because I've used black diamond equipment since I started climbing. And we're talking back to the double axle camelots and hexes and things like that. I'll say one thing that I truly believe in that the Camelot C4 is the best cam ever made. I'll go toe to toe with anybody on that one. But did you know that they make apparel now too? Men's apparel, women's apparel. What is apparel? Well, that's an industry word for clothes, jackets, pants, shorts, Everything you need for climbing, everything you need for skiing. So if you love their gear, and I know you have some already, because if you're a climber, then you've got some BD gear, and go check out uh, what they're doing with the clothes over at blackdiamondequipment.com. So have a look, and thank Black Diamond for sponsoring the Cast. Okay, the other thing is don't change. What do you mean? All right. <laughs> change my CD or change my position? No, a lot of times when the mics come on, everything changes. People are like, all right. But anyway, I just I mention it to everybody now because it's not... So now you're going to make me all self-conscious about it, thinking like, am I being too stiff? Should I look over here? I didn't even blink yet. All right. The, your, eyes are, your eyes are starting to dry out. All right, anyway. There you go. We just broke the ice. So um, I'm sitting in uh, the American America's Best Suites and Inns or something like that. Did, do you remember what it's called? America's Best Suites or something yeah, like that? It's quite it's nice, like actually, it's for a dive bad. hotel. Yeah, it's, kind of, it's a little divey. Mm-hmm. And uh, Don Glantz, whose name I know how to pronounce now, has returned to the Enormacast. Yeah, I'm very happy to be here. Very um, excited to be here. Don was on a show I did. I guess I put it out. Uh, must have been in April. No. May or April, but it was from the uh, Red Rock Rendezvous where she sat down for like a little 10-minute quick hit. And uh, it actually was really, I think, of those four, it was probably my favorite one. Nice. I think, er, er, in a way, because I think that um, we had, 
you know, we knew each other or we know each other previously. And, uh, we just slipped into this uh, kind of nice little dynamic of, of chatting away. So, um, and I didn't know what to expect from you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Well, yeah, I so, thought it went well too. So it was fun. Anyway, I'm glad that you're back because, um, we have a lot more to talk about than we, we could get to in 10 minutes. You, um, actually got in touch with me that you were going to be here and would be interested in sitting down. And I had, I had suggested that obviously after the show we did earlier and you were all fired up about a video that you'd seen on, on the internet, which we'll get to in a little bit. But before we get there, I, I, I want to open with a question that I open sometimes with, and that is to ask you what kind of climber you are. Oh, what kind of climber I am? Um, I'm a cragger, I think, at heart, mostly. I like to go cragging, uh, whether that's ice climbing or rock climbing. What do you mean by that? I don't want to have to carry a heavy backpack. Okay. I don't want to have to walk very far. <laughs> I want to get a lot of pitches in and have a really good time with my friends and be able to climb hard and not feel like I'm trying to kill myself that day, but just go out and have a good time. Yeah, so I guess that's the type of climber I am. Right. Somebody who wants to have fun and not really scare themselves every every time. Right, and so we're talking about, I mean, your main focus is ice climbing. <laughs> oh, that's probably, I probably didn't answer the question the way you wanted, but yes, my main uh, focus. You can answer the question. <laughs> my main focus is uh, rock and ice climbing, or ice climbing, I should say, mixed climbing uh-huh. is my main focus. And are you, um, do you go off into sort of the big mountain routes, or is it strictly cragging uh i have to say that i think the mixed climbing that i'm more drawn to is a sport mixed climbing mm-hmm. um i can climb harder on mixed climbing and, and like that than i can on regular rock and so if i see a, a big massive amphitheater cave i'm i'm drawn to do that if i'm mixed sure. climbing but not so much if it was just pure rock climbing so it's a weird mental thing i have with that but um i don't typically go into the really big mountains i suck at altitude i oh, absolutely really? i'm terrible at altitude my body just shuts where down have you, so where have you where did you find that out how'd you find i could go out? as simple as uh you know up on the tetons okay. and the san juans i mean i just started getting up high and i just don't do very well my body starts shutting down so i learned the hard way on denali that I don't do very well up there. So uh-huh. I was never successful there because the altitude would zap me. And you're just, yeah, and, and just you think it's just the way you're built? Yeah, it's just the way I'm yeah. built. And again, I don't like to carry big, heavy loads. Right. You know, it's not really, yeah, that's not my thing. I don't like to hike a long mm-hmm. way. So Were you up there on a personal trip or were you guiding? Working, guiding. Yeah. And that's probably not the best way to be introduced to that kind of stuff. No, yeah. No. Being, that, that's kind of like when I was a guide that I was definitely just a summer rock guide. Because I always felt like on a on winter type climbing, I was like busy taking care of myself. Yeah, like that was taking all of my energy. You know, be like, oh, you want hot drinks? Make them yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting out of the sleeping bag, kind of thing. Which you know does not result in good tips or anything like no, that. No, that's not good client. As I just peek that. out of yeah. my mummy bag, like, wah, wah, wah. like, what did you say? I yeah. said, make it yourself. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do a lesson in self reliance yeah. today. Yeah. We're gonna to try to do. We're gonna to try to climb today without asking me any questions. Other companies call that a solo. Okay. Yeah. We did. A, we would have done a lot of that. <laughs> but so, uh, not that great at altitude. Don't like the heavy packs. Drawn to the big, crazy cave type mix climbing and yeah. ice climbing. And I like this. I, I was always drawn to ice climbing. There's something about it it's just very gorgeous it's it's a medium like i've never seen before and it's always changing and it's here today gone tomorrow and and not really like rock climbing you know like super crack is going to be super crack today and i'll be there tomorrow and the next day and um where an ice climb isn't always doesn't come in every year and and so it's it's just very different and i'm more drawn to that because 
I'm more drawn to the ice because of that. And so I was originally was an ice climber. And then the more I ice climbed, I, I wasn't that I got bored with it. It's just that I started to see different formations that weren't quite touching the ground. And I had to figure out how to get onto them. And that's where I started mix climbing that. And I wanted to um, compete in the Uray ice festival. Okay. So I had to learn to mix climb to do that. Cause that's where you are based out of. Correct. Is down in the San Juan. Yes. I live in Uray, Colorado year round. Okay. And your primarily income is from guiding. Yes. Yes. I have some sponsorship, but we're not Tiger Woods or nothing. So it's, you know, I can't pay my bills and jackets, but I have sponsorships. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could pay my bills and gear and sponsors, sponsor oh, jackets. That'd eBay. be rad. <laughs> yeah. That's not that you can't, that's bad juju. That's bad karma to is it? get for, I think to get free stuff and then to, to, you know, when I'm finished with it, to sell it to somebody that just doesn't seem right. I'd rather give it to my friends. Huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I you, wonder. You want to be Dawn's friend. At the, yeah, when I'm well, cleaning my true. closets yeah, totally out, yeah, no. you get I, a lot of free stuff. Yeah, I, I would imagine, but it seems like almost you. Uh, well, I don't know what your situation is, but I have friends who get so much stuff. And I guess giving away is good karma, but there's also like putting food on the table. And yeah. I mean, I, I have friends who are bikers, and, you know, at least they've told me that that is like the understood thing. Mm-hmm. Like, specialized knows that they're going to that they're going to do something with that bike yeah. to get some income so yeah. it's like so. i don't think the sponsors want to hear that we're selling okay. all their stuff all right so that <laughs> noted mountain hardware now way i get all my free see and then think about it, it is putting food on the table because i right. give you a free jacket you're psyched you're going to feed me a couple dinners i'm way to go all right putting food on the it's table. on the record don glance does not ebay her free gear i do not okay I do not. She's not just saying that either. Mm -mm. She's not winking at me right now. You (laughs) cannot see her, but she's not. Nope. You want to be my friend. That's for sure. Nor will I if you give me free gear. I promise. (laughs) Liar. (laughs) Anyhow, so uh, I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about. Okay. The mixed climbing thing, you said that you started as an ice climber. So let's step back to there. Like um, You mentioned before the show that you're from Ohio. Yep. You're my hat trick of women coming out of the... The Midwest. There's a lot of us from the Midwest. In the last, last three interviews I've done, I don't know if I'll post them in this order, but coming from Cleveland, it is cold. It is cold. But not an ice climbing Mecca. No, so not ha- really an outdoor Mecca at all. I grew yeah. up as so a motorsports kid. Um, grew up with my parents in a four-wheel drive truck club, and that's how I got into the outdoors as a child. So we would really? drive through the outdoors. And, uh, and then I grew up playing softball, another great feeder sport for climbing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was super good at that and uh, played softball growing up and uh, we didn't have very many, much stuff like outdoor stuff in Ohio uh-huh. growing up. We didn't, um, maybe people did this stuff, but I didn't even know people rock climbed until I was 20. I had no, no idea that somebody even would go and climb mountains that just didn't register to me. I mean, we were busy chasing boys and underage drinking and right. doing things we weren't supposed to do. We definitely weren't How old doing are you? stuff. I'm 39. 39. Okay. So you're you're in, in my cohort. To yeah. Starting. I'm a couple of years older than that. But I was the same way. I, I didn't know what rock climbing was. Yeah. Like the, the, you know, the media was not really as fixated on it as no, they are now, it, Yeah. So. There wasn't Citibank commercials right. about it or anything, mm-hmm. you know. And if there was, it was something so cheesy, not even close to rock climbing, that it wouldn't even probably have spurred my interest. Right. Um. But no, I was in Ohio and I was in a, a student at Kent State University and somebody took me rock climbing and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I just loved it right away. And um, I thought, man, this is totally why I, I love it. You know, I want to do more of this. And I was living in Ohio. So it's mm-hmm. not like I had a lot of choices. 
And I wound up at the same time taking a course at Kent State University for recreation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't know people could use recreation as a major sure. at college. And sure. so this was like a huge moment for me that I realized that you could both climb and that you could do this kind of a joke, ma- not a joke major because I did graduate with it. I shouldn't call it a joke major, but um, you know that you could do stuff Somebody like that. Somebody else said that to you. Yeah. You'd be like, no, it's not. I know. Well, it's not. It's not. I have a legitimate degree. Okay. From a real university, even though it's outdoor education, right. but that doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I, I when I discovered those two things, kind of were at the same time. I moved to the Black Hills of South Dakota to pursue school. This is before Google and the internet, so I had to look up on a, in a book where colleges were that had four year degrees, and Black Hill State was one of them. So I chose Black Hill State University randomly. Uh, I was on a trip with my dad. Actually, we did a motorcycle trip. He and I, when I was 20, because I said, hey, dad, I, I want to move out west to the mountains. And I was 20, and I'd never mm-hmm. even seen the mountains. I'd never seen anything in the west. I had seen the East Coast mountains. No offense to East Coast folks, but they're not that big. They're not they're more hills. Let's just be honest. Okay. And uh, so when I moved, I went west. Send with her my- <laughs> the mail, not me. <laughs> yeah, so when I went west with my dad, I was on his motorcycle. He and I, I was 20 for 13 days, and we traveled all through Ohio, Wyoming, Colorado, uh, Montana. And we came back through South Dakota and I was looking at schools and of all the random places I could choose, uh, the mountains in Colorado scared the shit out of me because they were big and I'd never seen them. Right. I'd never seen anything like that. I just thought they would eat me alive. So the Black Hills really called to me. It was a place that was seemed more manageable. It's way small now when I go back and look at it. But at the time, it seemed really big and... Uh, so I moved there when I was 21, and that's where it all began as far as climbing because I moved there, and a few days later, I met this guy. His name was uh, Mike Niebuhr, and Niebuhr was like, hey, you, w- you want to go rock climb with us? And my boyfriend and I had moved there with, we were like, yeah, we totally, we're totally rock climbers. Let's go. And we showed up at this tiny crag, and it was you had a lead climb, and right. I was I was a top roper, and I didn't, I didn't even know what lead climbing was. And it was like, how are we going to get our rope up there? We can't really walk around, and... And I don't, and so, yeah, he told me what lead climbing was and it was like, wow, this is really rock climbing. And so that's kind of what got me into it was that guy just one day saying, Hey, you want to go? And I mean, I had climbed a little bit, but Mike really got me in that direction of going rock climbing. And then that winter, as soon as it froze up in South Dakota, same thing in the Black Hills, he was like, called me up. It's like, Hey, you want to go ice climbing? And I said, yeah, totally. It's climbing. I would totally, totally want to do that. And I didn't even know what he had asked me, but I went and I loved it. And I've just been a climber ever since, like totally bitten by the ice climbing bug ever since. Yeah. And so if you're, what'd you say? You're 39? 39. So this is basically about 20 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, let me think. That puts it, yeah, the early, early 90s. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, yeah. Late 90s, actually, because I started in oh, 96. Right. Yeah. 96 okay. is when I started. So I started both rock and ice climbing at mm-hmm. the same year. So what was the scene like in the Black Hills? I mean, um, I know there's there's a fair amount of climbing there of all different types, but uh, my impression is, and this will be I'll, good to hear. Well, I, my impression is, and a lot of times this is true about some of these kind of more remote islands of of climbing, is that it's probably fairly sort of traditional minded. And, yeah, can be. Yeah, in depends ter- on what uh, where you're at. Right. Like Rushmore's, isn't that how sponge sport climbing? It does. And so the hills, they divide themselves. There's the right. Well, when I was there, it was the northern hills and the southern hill climbers. And the okay. northern hill climbers were the sport climbers, more like 
you know, they were bolting, rat bolting stuff. Oh, they God. were just, you know, oh, I know, it's awful. And then the Southern Bolt people, the Southern Hills Climbers were more the ground up people and doing mm-hmm. more like the the needle style stuff and uh, more, um, you have these run out spires and, and different things. So it was mm-hmm. a different different t- type of climber in either end. And um, I kind of ran with both of them because, okay. yeah, I liked both styles of climbing. I didn't see the, the I don't know. I, I think I was more drawn to the Southern Hills people because they were more fun to hang out with. They were older folks. They sure. were quite a bit older than me. And uh, they were just more fun than the Southern Hills guys because the Southern Hills people are the Northern Hills, I should say. The Northern Hills people were more into uh, sport climbing. And right. it was fun, but it was more of a scene. Right. And I wasn't into the scene. Right. So I would climb in both groups and kind of go between both of them. And ice climbing scene? Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. None. Yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> I've never really heard of like it being a big ice climbing none. mecca. There was none. There was myself and a few other people. And there was really no other woman that would ever go. And it was hard for me to find partners. So I quickly learned how to top rope solo. And then I quickly started soloing everything. And I would just go up and down Spearfish Canyon. It has... On a good year, like five or six different flows that would come in, mm-hmm. and I would just go and solo all of them. That wow. would be my day. And right. so, yeah, that's kind of how I started ice climbing. And because I didn't, and then I would go to Cody, Wyoming, and I'd go to Highlight uh, Canyon as well to go for bigger trips. Sure. So the scene, I had really one or two partners to choose from in the Black Hills. And right. then if I didn't have a partner, it was just me and my dog. Right. right. So, huh. Yeah. But you, I mean, when you were going out into uh, Highlight and Cody and that stuff, was. Because this, again, was it still in the 90s? Yeah, it would have yeah. been like the late 90s. Yeah, like 99, right. 2000. I mean, I guess it was starting to catch on in a big way there. But... Uh, nearly nowhere. Yeah. Cody was still, I mean, it would just be me and my partner. We'd be the only people in the whole valley for the sure. whole week or two weeks that we'd go out there. So, yeah, it was, uh, I've definitely seen ice climbing change, I'd say. Mostly, I mean, I could say that definitely too, living in Uray, but... Just the whole scene around ice climbing used to be that nobody did this stuff. And right. uh, now it's cool to see that more and more people are doing it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it def- it's definitely, I mean, all these sort of out uh, climbing pursuits have grown. Um, but that one has grown. And I think that one of the nice things, I assume, because I wouldn't know personally, <laughs> but um, obviously like the, the gear, because there's a market for it, um, has gotten a lot better. Oh, um, yeah. Very quickly, actually. You know, oh, in yeah. about a decade, things have really really, really changed a lot. Oh, definitely. I remember when I started, the Express Screw had just come on the market. And that idea that, you know, it was going to be easier to put an ice screw in. And so when I learned to ice climb, with that invention just coming onto the market, I have a very different style of ice climbing, as say, compared to an old school person. Back in the... Like, I climbed with Kitty Calhoun a lot. And mm-hmm. I would... Her... Her generation of climbers, I she's gonna be mad at me if I when I say that, but her generation of climbers, they ice climbers, they believed it was a, a sense of pride to run it out, sure. And you know, it was a it was a sign of weakness if you stopped and put in screws. And sure. so when I learned, I screws were easy to put in, and it made sense. Well, well, well if you're rock climbing, you would put gear in. So right. why would you not put in gear on your ice climbing? So. I have a very different style in that way. Like I have no problem putting in 12 to 15 screws in a 70 meter pitch. Uh-huh. It doesn't seem too unreasonable if it's hard ice climbing. So uh, where somebody like Kitty might only put in five and right. be scared to death of running it out the whole way. But that's not, I'd rather just, you know, yeah, well, the technology th- has made my life way easier. The, the My brief, well, it wasn't that brief. My few years as an ice climber was in that old era. And, you know, 
it had codified itself in this like, you know, sense of pride or whatever of like you just sucked it up and ran it out. But the reason it had codified into that was because it was so hard to place the screws. Right. You might as well not stop. Yeah. Or by the time you were done, you were going to be done. Right. Or your hand was stuck in that damn leash. And yeah. yeah. Oh, all my that God. stuff. Yeah. So, Ugh. you know, it's funny because, yeah, the things have just the style has changed. I mean, it's it's unrecognizable in a lot of ways. Oh, to, yeah. to what it once was. I yeah. mean, and aside from that, it was the, the you don't fall on those screws. If you right. do manage to place one, sh- don't test, don't. <laughs> it's just there to like have your rope clipped to something, you know, like uh, I never fell on, yeah. on a nice screw in four or five years of climbing like up at mm-hmm. Vale and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Never yeah. did. No way. I never fell on an ice screw, ice climbing, knocking on wood right there. Um, I haven't fallen on, not pure ice climbing, but mixed climbing. I've fallen on plenty of those things and thank God they hold. <laughs> They hold every time. On screws? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They're only as good as the medium you put it in. Right, so right. So ice is good, the screw is good. All right. It was, you're, it's got to be still kind of scary though. Nah. Right? No? You get used to it. And you got like pointy things that fly right, through the Right, but ideally you're falling off of something that's so steep you're not going to hit right. anything. Well, so. you know, I think, yeah, that's also, I think, tied into the genesis of, of that style of climbing. Yeah. You know, people would never, I think, have, Pushed themselves at least in the beginning as hard on vertical climbing as they did on finding these big steep caves and right. putting some bolts in and like yeah. cleaning it all up. And it's a really interesting uh, little kind of corner of climbing that. So you end up in the Black Hills and then you're you're climbing there. And how long were you there? I was there for eight years. Oh wow! So all of my twenties. I had basically. no idea you were there for eight years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Graduated high, uh, graduate college, uh, graduate university right. there, and then just stuck around. Just stuck around. The next thing I knew, so I was. So you guiding. transferred there from Kent. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I finished my last two years at Black Hill State. Okay. Yeah, I had the idea originally that uh, after I graduated, I actually had no plans to ever become a guide. My outdoor education degree, um, Black Hill State, was a science-based school. It wasn't an education or adventure-based school, I should say. So, like Prescott College. Their curriculum is very adventure-based. So everybody's going to be in the field doing climbing courses, rafting courses, these very adventure-based activities, mm-hmm. where at Black Hill State, this is sort of the beginning still of outdoor ed, isn't really catching on in the world yet or okay. in our country at that point. And it was more science-based. So my degree is more to, like geared around the person who would probably be a science teacher in the outdoor and using the outdoors as a classroom. The outdoors as a resource, mm-hmm. not so much as you know, like climbing guiding or rafting guiding or in that sort of adventure way, but more of an educational way. So that was a, that was a different degree uh, in that way. It wasn't sort of structured the same as a lot of outdoor ed degrees are now. And when I first graduated, I didn't think I had no plan to be a guide. I thought I was going to do like um, corporate team building stuff is what I first thought because I really love that stuff. It was really fun to really? go in and uh, I actually had a business with a friend of mine and we would go in and do corporate like team building stuff. And it was super fun to go into a, a room full of stuffy business people and say, okay, we're going to play tag and we're going to play this maze game and just stupid stuff. And, and by the end of it, you know, they definitely weren't well received at first, but by right. the end of it, it was a lot of fun. So that's, I had no plans to become a guide or to do anything. And then the more I stayed around the Black Hills, Next thing I know, I'm asked to, hey, do you want to help us with this course? Hey, can you help Mm -hmm. us with this course? Hey, can you put the ropes up on this course? You know, and then next thing you knew, I was just like going down the guiding track without even looking where I was going. So in the Black Hills, there were established guiding companies or 
Yeah, like a tiny, two yeah. very small companies, right. uh, Sylvan, Sylvan Lakes uh, Climbing Guides, mm-hmm. a little shout out to them. They were the very first company who ever hired me, and then uh, Devil's Lake, uh, Devil's Tower Lodge, Frank Sanders. Oh, right. I did some Frank work Sanders. for him over there. That's, yeah, You know, I, I've been sort of like lightly in touch with Frank Sanders. but Interesting character. He, he, definitely worth talking to. Definitely, uh, I have received several emails mm-hmm. about having him on the show, mm-hmm. and um, like so, we we've actually communicated, oh. um, not quite directly yet. Yeah. So I need to uh, I need to, to follow that up because his name I'd never heard of him before. Last January, Brendan Leonard told me about this guy. And, yeah, if you and, ever go to the then, tower, that's him, the guy. Heard him a bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, so you end up then. Uh, when when do you end up in Colorado? I mean, I I actually just. I, I've known you for I don't know five or six years. Thanksgiving, Long time, yeah, was it's some like time ago. Seven or two thousand eight, I think we yeah. spent Thanksgiving together. And so I guess from I had just thought you just seemed like a Colorado girl. No, I. Uh, so, so when I was in two thousand four, I was uh, not. Yeah, that was two thousand four. I was working as a civilian at an Air Force base in the Black Hills, basically guiding for the Air Force uh-huh. and running the outdoor program. And I had done a trip. I led a trip for those guys and I was driving back and my sister went on the trip with me. And as we were driving back, I think we went to Colorado, Buena Vista or somewhere. And as we were driving back home that day, I told my sister, I said, in one year, I'm leaving here. I'm moving out of the Black Hills. And uh, I said, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere different and I want to be a full-time guide and I want somewhere bigger with bigger ice climbing and just bigger overall. Right, right. And uh, she said, okay, I'll, um, a few... Pick somewhere and it has a, a school, university, I'll move there with you. And so um, I applied at a job with the American Alpine Institute and they hired me. So in 2004, in May of 2004, we left the Black Hills, my sister and I, and we moved to Bellingham, Washington. Okay. Started guiding for them. I guided for them for a full year. And then in the winter of 2005, there was a position that opened up at the American Alpine Institute. Um in Uray, Colorado. Okay. And I was I was already an ice climber. Right. Crazy about ice climbing. I had climbed already over Cody and Highlight, and I just knew I'd never been to Uray, but I knew that's where I had to go. Right. Because I wanted to compete at some point in that ice fest, and I knew I had to at least go to the town to do that. So <laughs> um, I moved there in the winter of 2005, 2006 was my first winter in Uray. Uh-huh. And I, at first, I just would spend a couple months there a year and then go back up to Washington and work in the summer. And I bounced around like that for a while, going from Bellingham in the summer, uh, Red Rocks in the spring and fall, and mm-hmm. Indian Creek in spring and fall, and then back to Uray. So that was kind of my circuit for years. And that's in that circuit is when I wound up meeting you. Right. Originally. Okay. So that's how I got to Colorado originally uh, okay. was the idea that I was going to go to this place, un- never, place I'd never been, place I only knew one person. Thank God, Danica Gilbert. I had met her. Mm-hmm. And Danica said, hey, if you ever... Want to come to Uray? Here's my phone number. I live just outside of Uray. You can stay with me. And I saved her phone number and I called her that winter and there I came, like right on her doorstep on December 1st. <laughs> are you still in this rotation or are you no, more thank permanently God. in Uray? Ah, so glad to be done with that. Um, I was moving around like that for a long time. Every three months, it seemed. Me and my dog, Lucy, and in my Previa, we would just pack up. Every three months with everything we had, and we would just move around from place to place. And then in 2011, I was able to stay year-round in Uray. So now I'm just there year-round. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank God. Yeah. It's nice not to move around so much. 
Yeah, I guess I don't know why. I just assumed you lived in Colorado ever no, since I no, met you. But no, I've been all interesting. Over. I mean, yeah. well, well, we we actually ran into each other in the in uh, the Verdon that one time. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah, randomly, randomly, I heard this voice and I was like, wait a minute, I know that voice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys were sitting there having breakfast, I mm-hmm. think, on the rim. So, anyhow, cool. Well, the the other thing, as long as we're on this track of guiding, you know, I want to get back to that mixed climbing thing because I have some questions about it. So, as an extension of this of talking about guiding. Who are you working for now? Do you work for yourself? No, I work for San Juan Mountain Guides okay. year-round, and then I also work for Chicks Climbing. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to get to the Chicks Climbing thing, because that has to do with why you're sitting here in, in a certain extent. I actually, and I'll, I'll just put it out there in case she listens to this, I, I actually emailed Kim, uh, or no, I Facebooked her, so that doesn't actually always get through. Mm-hmm. Um about maybe coming on the show and talking about it. So, But you're here now, so I'm going to talk to you about yeah. it. So you had said that this thing was 16 years old, and you've been working for or with them for how long? Six years. This for is six my sixth year, yep. And I asked you this on the last show, and you talked about it a bit, about if there's a difference in your mind of, between guiding women and guiding men, if there's anything real distinct. And, and, and I think we can talk about that again within this context, but why do you think that something like Chicks Climbing – needs to exist or is important to have this like kind of niche about getting women together to go climbing, whether it's ice or rock or, or anything else. You know, it's funny because when I started climbing, if you would have told me that I was going to be sitting here this much long, this many years later, right. and I was going to be heading up some women's movement uh, in climbing, then I would have no way would I have believed you because I didn't ever think that this was important before. I didn't see why it was important that women climb together. Uh, maybe it was because I I was a lone female out there and I didn't see the, I didn't have other girls to choose from and I didn't see the difference when I climbed with a guy or mm-hmm. if I climbed with a girl. And so it's funny, then when I got involved with chicks, something magic sort of happened to me because when I saw the power of what happens at these clinics, I was so blown away. I really was. I didn't, I didn't realize how important it was before I started those clinics. I didn't realize how important it was to have that bond of climbing with another woman and to have that ability to, for other women to come together and, and learn from each other. There's something that is really cool that happens when you when you take away that, that male gender, mm-hmm. because we have to assume as women, then every single role that would come in that climbing world, whether it, you know, it's the guide, the leader of the, the trip, the, the, every, every one of those people is now going to be a woman. And it's pretty cool what happens because like I said, we don't, we can't default to somebody. Everybody feels this sense of like they can, they can do anything that they have this power of um, of support from everybody, from the other women. And I just think it's it's so incredible what these women push themselves to do. And it's within that support group that they have at that clinic. You know, they just, a lot of the time, these women are just meeting each other for the very first time mm-hmm. that day or that night before. And you would never guess it the next day when they're all out together, you know, just trying to learn to ice climb for the first time or just learn to rock climb for the first time or... Maybe it's not the first time. Maybe they've been out a whole bunch of times, but this is the first time we've pushed them this hard. And it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it was so amazing to see this, this magic. And I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, when I felt it, I was like, this is for me. I have to do more of this. And I, I felt this need to get it out there because I wasn't raised with this idea that there's boys and girls that can, like boys can do one thing better than girls can. You know, mm-hmm. I, 
I didn't have that. And I didn't, I wasn't raised with, well, girls only play with dolls and boys only play with trucks. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised where I played, one day I would play with the little boy next door and we would take apart the lawnmower and be all greasy. Right. And then the next day I would be playing with the neighbor girl, like all messed in my princess crap, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I never thought that the, that those, those gender roles were defined and, yeah, the, like I just said, the the power that comes when all these women come together and the fact that every one of us has to take a really important role without saying, well, I'll just let the guy do it. You know, well, no, it's, it's okay. You just, no, you carry it. It's like, oh, there's heavy pack pack. Well, shit. I guess I got to carry it. Right. You know, and it just, it, there's, there's just something that happens and all that. And it's, that's what I, I just can't get enough of. And did, I can't stop spreading that enough either. Did you have brothers and sisters? I do. Or I do have you? a... Oh, you have a yeah. sister. I know that. Yeah, did I have, have a younger sister uh-huh. who's three years younger and then an older brother who's okay. four years older. And so we were very... Oh, we were pretty tight growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, one day I would hang out with my brother and then he'd beat the crap out of me and his friends would come over and they'd beat the crap out of us. And so my, I'd go play with my sister and we'd right. you know, do girl things. There were... Just whatever we wanted. Those girl things weren't always girl things either. I mean, we would just go ride bikes or play in the sandbox right. and just so, like anyone else. Also, were you, do you think this is also coming from, I mean, you mentioned a motorcycle trip with your dad when you were 20. <laughs> like, was he also super inclusive in terms of, of these sort of gender roles? Because you sound like you feel like you got a little bit of a different message as a kid. Yeah. I, I, well, my dad, um, never separated the fact, like, if there was chores to be done, like, right. So it wasn't like, oh, well, Ken, my brother is the guy, you know, he's got to mow the lawn and do all the dirty work. And then we have to do the sort of, there was never like, it was always, we were equal in that Mm -hmm. way. And um, I guess we did have a sort of a different upbringing that way. Um, And the fact that my dad was all inclusive, but I think, I don't think he meant to do that at all. I don't, I don't think so at all. I think that my brother, uh, he's going to hear this, damn it, but um, he's not that great at sports. (laughs) I don't feel. I don't know why I felt like I had to whisper, but I'm afraid he's gonna hear. And I'll just, I'll just <laughs> turn it up there anyway, so he's gonna hear you either. Right? He's got incredible team spirit. Okay, incredible. But when it comes to the actual skill, he's not. He doesn't. Well, let's just say he was never the MVP. Sure. Okay. And I, I think that my is his name Ken. Yeah. And neither was I. Don't sweat it, bro. Like, I was no, never. I, I want him to even hear this, but now I don't want him to hear this. <laughs> I was never uh, even in the running. Damn it. Anyway, but I think that my dad really then poured himself into my sister and I because it was like, well, my brother was not that. He was interested in sports, but not as interested. And mm-hmm. then my dad was uh, like major jock growing up himself. Sure. And I think he just, well, damn it, this is my chance. And so he just put it all into my sister and I. Right, right. <laughs> Back to chicks climbing thing. If you could sort of draw a picture of of a of kind of your average client that comes that's looking for this sort of experience versus you know just going to a place where it's you know you sign up for a class and who shows up who shows up like what do you think the draw is or what type of woman if she's gonna come and do especially something like this for the first time um, what do you think the draw is for them? Hmm, the- draw um or the typical client you're asking me to to outline my person typical client um that is we don't have a lot of typicals but it seems like 
um, we get more and more women over that are, I don't want to say older because now I'm in that group, um, (laughs) (laughs) but they're closer to 40. Um, and it's been something that they've wanted to try or they want to get into some fitness and Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do for fitness. And this looked cool, or this was something that was a bucket list. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those are the women that we get that come for the first time, but then they're hooked and they come time after time and after it's time. this marketed all over the country yes yeah right. and we are we don't just do beginning uh okay. courses and i think that's one of the things that sets us apart from a lot of other people um is the fact that we pride ourselves in the fact that we can we have a like a graduation of a program where you come in as a beginner and you go all the way through to the fact that you're ready to go and be leading and you have rescue skills sure. and you know you're you you're, you go from entering the nest to leaving the nest. Right. And we have all the info, you know, courses, five levels of uh, courses that we offer to help get you out there. So we don't always get that sort of beginner bucket list person. Mm-hmm. We also get a lot of, um, uh, how do I want to say this? The, the, the woman who comes in who's, who's, I know enough to be dangerous right. or I think I know stuff, but I don't, I'm not sure... And I always default to my partners mm-hmm. and I just feel like I'm useless out there. So you get a lot of people like that who, or we do, I should say, we get a lot of people like that who have, they're not sure how much they know yet. Mm-hmm. So they're coming to sort of figure that out, you know, to get more knowledge and then to also sort of assess where they are in their own climbing too. Do you ever get women who have uh, a significant other who climbs and they're sick of dealing with learning from that person? (laughs) Oh, yes. Very much so. (laughs) It sucks to learn from your significant other. I mean, even I love my husband more than anything. And and if he were to try to teach me something, I don't know if I would learn it the same Right. um, from him as if I would say from his friend that Mm -hmm. would probably be trying to teach me the same thing. Um, I think you just naturally have other, so many other things are surrounded around that relationship. Sure. Um, so those emotions sometimes are hard to, um, separate when you get out climbing because climbing is emotional. It is, there's a lot going on, but yeah, we get a lot of people like that who, uh, yeah, they're just either they're, they're sick of trying to learn from that person. Or I had a really great example. I had a woman come to Devil's Lake a couple of years ago, Devil's Lake, Wisconsin, and she had climbed a lot with this Colorado Mountain Club, uh, the Chicago Mountain Club, excuse me, the Chicago Mountain Club. And she really wanted to learn how to build top rope, bank- top rope bankers. And the guys kept saying, well, you have to climb X amount of years. It's like, this information is so hard. This is just, you really just need experience before sure. you can ever start doing something like this. And they made it seem like it was just going to be this incredibly complicated, just like her small little woman brain would just never be able to, you know, comprehend this stuff. And then when I showed her a basic single point anchor and a basic two point or three point anchor, she was really let down, actually. She was 100% like, is this left. It? Yeah. Is there it no, was so anticlimactic. No yeah. anything that yeah, needed to go together. It was so anticlimactic for her. It was just, oh. That's, that's this is it. the big secret knowledge that they've been like holding yeah, over my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. As if her little brain was just right. never going to be able to comprehend that. And and she was so blown away with how easy it was that it was even more empowering to her. Right. You know, so yeah, we have a lot of that, like a lot of this idea. I don't know, like a lot of women are held back from others, from mm-hmm. whether it's a man, a lot of times it's their boyfriend or a significant other, or maybe it's not a boyfriend, but a, a, a male climbing partner. And mm-hmm. it's this idea that, 
for some reason we just aren't smart enough to learn this stuff or whatever. Right. And it's it's that kind of idea. And so it's cool to, to get those women who come in because it's just it's yes, it was anticlimactic for that woman, but at the same time she was it was so empowering right. because it was so simple. These are easy things. I, and I joke, I said, anybody can learn this stuff. I said, I've seen the people who climb out there. Sure. I know you right. ladies can learn this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I've made that suggestion to to because I was a guide for a long time and, and um, have always also been, like you just said, when you started guiding, it was because people were like, well, can you help us with this or whatever? Yeah. So, you know, and that's been a suggestion I've made a bunch of times. And I think it doesn't just apply to climbing, but like, look, you know, so-and-so, he is a really good climber, but A, he's not a teacher. Right. And B, like you said, there's a bunch of shit wrapped up around this thing. So why don't you go take a course from, uh, whether it's a chick's climbing thing or not, right. just a course from a an objective guide whose job it is to teach you these things yeah. in a pleasant way, you know, and, and hopefully you'll have a great time and, and, you know, cause he's selling a product, so to speak, or she is yeah, and then come back and, and you'll be able to apply these skills around your boyfriend, but stop like getting in the arguments and, and having right. all the problems that, you've oh, been yeah. Having, you know? yeah, definitely climbing is a life threatening activity. And it's amazing to me how many people have just learned this from their friends Sure. And it's like, you get the classic, well, I've been climbing for 30 years. I've never had any problems. It's like, well, did you ever really test your system? Did anything, you know, did you ever try to climb harder than five, six? Mm-hmm. You know, it's no offense to that person. But, you know, there's a there's there's something to be said for somebody who goes and gets continuing education, who dedicates their life to this and dedicates their life to taking people on the mountains or into into that environment and actually educating them, not just dragging them around mm-hmm. and uh, not just doing this for ourselves. Like there's another level of risk and safety that we're always looking at. So, right. And then the idea of just simply taking these concepts, which can seem really complicated, like building an anchor or belaying off the anchor. Well, and it's consequential. Right. I mean, you need to do it right. Right, exactly. So there's some anxiety yeah. in that as and well. And some of that can just be broken down into really simple steps and really easy steps to remember. And then you realize, wow, this stuff isn't that hard. Mm -hmm. And so, but it is still life threatening. And so I can't say that enough. I think it's important that you want to start getting into the next level. Or if you have questions about this stuff, ask Mm -hmm. a professional. Don't, you know, uh, even though your buddy's awesome, he can climb 513. He may not um, be the most knowledgeable. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, and the gender thing, especially between significant others, whatever you want to call them, it's it's a it's a really interesting dynamic and you know to go back as as a guy and i have uh, my girlfriend climbs and uh you know she's recently been going down to the black canyon with girlfriends and that's all she ever says is comes back it's like it's so different like i don't i can't just like fall back mm-hmm. and you know that's partially a gender thing it's also partially i climbed i have that place really wired yeah you know so when i'm down there and I, and i'm just going to kind of defend that tendency that I think us guys have because our gender role for better or worse for better. A lot of times, I mean, I just slip into this, like I'm supposed to take care of this person. Right. And it, and it, it probably spills over into, I should be teaching her, but I'm not going to, because I know I'll do it right. And I'm just going to do it because I'm supposed to take care of this person. Yeah. And it's not a conscious thing of like, Oh, that poor, sweet, dumb girl <laughs> it's just i'm that's my role i'm supposed to take care of them right. and so if i'm in the black canyon and there's anything kind of looming that's threatening 
I take over. You know, if it's getting cloudy, I take over because we're going to get out of here because I need to protect mm-hmm. this person. So, and I think it gets complicated because it can fall into, yeah, just keeping them in this position of, of ignorance about the systems. Right. But, you know, I would say in my defense, it's sort of by accident a lot of times. Like, right. And she does need and did need to to move out into this world where, okay, I'm in charge and I have to be the, the equal partner here. And also, I think for whatever reason, there's I often see a pretty good disparity in climbing level. And most of the time, at least with the people I know, you know, the guy is a better climber. The girl is entered. Well, you watch it. your mouth, young man. I know. But I mean, I'm just saying from my experience, right? You know, and so, and in my personal experience, you know, I've never, um, actually I did date a girl who was a much better sport climber than I was. Um, but, you know, it's like I uh, am in this position a lot of like, uh, I, I, I'm like, honestly, like clenching my fist cause I want to take over the fumbling, right. Right. you know, because but you gotta let them fumble. You gotta let I I mean, right? Cause but, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yes. it's my role too. Yes. Like, I, I, yes. I, I know your so. society is, has an impact on you as well. Right. And again, like it can be a positive thing in the sense that I'm not going to abandon anybody either. Right. So right. it's yeah. like. It but, has its pluses, I can see. Well, but I mean, but the reason we were talking about this is because, it, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, I'm really sick right now. Yeah. You make dinner? Yeah. No, make your own damn dinner. I'm not coddling you anymore. Um, but you know, back to the reason we were discussing it was those dynamics, and and the fact is, is that it's still I don't know what the ratio might be, but there's a lot more dudes climbing than than women, and so I think that having an outlet to get into it in that safer environment, or at least what's perceived as a safer environment. I mean, it has to be a good thing. Right. And I actually, this is i I'm on a crusade right now because I did get really fired up about some, uh, about a lot of stuff recently. Um, but I'm on a crusade because I'm actually, I'm, I'm almost wondering, I want to know, I bet that there is, yeah, I bet there's actually, we're probably, we got to be getting pretty damn close. Because when you go to the gym, I, I mean, I don't go to the gym a lot. I, I usually, when I'm visiting a bigger city, I go to a gym. And there is usually more girls there than guys. And um, maybe we don't see as many women traveling in packs together. But I, I, would, I bet if we all stood up and were to be counted, I would be a man. I, I bet we're getting pretty close out there. We'd have to be. And I w- I'm going to argue that men don't climb better than girls in, in general because if you had little Sasha DeJulian sitting here with me, I don't know if he would say, you know, she's probably well, like, yeah, I've dated a lot of guys that I climb way better right. than. And then it is feel, yeah, Chris, I totally know what you mean. I want right. to protect them. And, you know, I dated a guy that I climbed way better than him too. And it was, you know, that was kind of, and I guess I do know what you mean. I did feel like I had to protect him a little bit, you know, <laughs> but when it came time to lead the hard pitches, I was still like, Hey dude, it's your turn. You know, like right. you got to step up. So I don't know. I, 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 I am on a, this, I think a lot of times we like to fall back and think that, uh, you know, like, Oh, there's not very many of us. We blah, blah, blah. We need to have these places like chicks to come together. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually, we just got to just stand up and just be like, Hey, like enough. All right, so you're ready. You can. I'm ready. I'm getting fired your up resignation. now. Yeah, I'm getting fired up. Go. Well, I am going to disagree with you in the sense that, <laughs> I, I mean, I would agree that there are there are aspects of climbing where the gender equality is closer, and I think the gym in sport climbing and now bouldering, correct, is are the places where yeah, you're definitely getting pretty close there. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, I mean, you walk around the cr- creek pasture on a 
on a on a weekend in Indian Creek and and but you're seeing more and more girls out there. You all are the seeing time. more and more, but and you're I seeing still a, like you're a seeing lot of women dudes. leading Big groups of dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're looking Big for ones. that group of ladies. Exactly. <laughs> and unfortunately, there's only one of those groups. Yeah, there's yeah. There's ten. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there's no doubt about it that year by year by year, it's getting closer. And, yeah. And uh, I mean, it's kind of like so there there would be some sort of graph that that you know as you get into alpine climbing and things like that. And you're in an, you're in an ice climbing world. And again, you know, the Ure ice park is, is a draw for all sorts of people and a nice, easy way to get into right. it. But to get out into sort of the big roots and the, and, and the gnarly stuff, I mean, you can't sit, tell me that you, you go out there and it's just like tons of girls hanging out with you but guys But I am out there. seeing more because we do get so many of the Chicks alumni who okay. have graduated through the program. Right. Who, yeah, they, you see more and more of them. Like, there's a lot of them on the front range. There's a lot of uh, strong um, Chicks alum on mm-hmm. the on the front range. So you see a lot of them out there climbing to getting after it together, you know. And so, they, yeah, they're, we're starting to right, come together, right. you know. I, I mean, look, every guy I've talked to that's as old as me and has been climbing as long as I have, I mean, some point or another – were taught we like man it's so much better now because girls climb yeah <laughs> nice thank you i mean thanks we definitely if Smells i could better if i could go to if i when i was 25 <laughs> yeah if i could have gone to indian creek and half the people there would have been women uh, that would have been a dream come out <laughs> just been like what is going on you know like this is the greatest thing ever unfortunately it wasn't yeah, like that yeah, yeah and but i mean yeah it's definitely growing do you think it, that it has anything to do with, with gender equality in general or opportunities for women to break sort of these, these like societal roles that, right. that, I mean, obviously our parents were, were, it was much sort of more strict. Oh, definitely. And then their, my grandparents, it was much more. Strict. Oh yeah. And just the idea of like, one, that I'm from Ohio. I was 35 when I got married. I don't have any children. I mean, my, they pretty much gave up on me at 25, you know? Sure. It's like, oh my God, well, you're 25 now. Right, you old bag. <laughs> <sighs> you know, you don't have any man in your life and you don't even seem to have one. Like, right. as if my life is going to be lost. Right, and, right. you know, it, you could be, and, and, and that is the case. I mean, society still holds it. And, and for a lot of women, that's the case. They just, they don't see anything else other than they're just going to have babies and, and be moms. And they mm-hmm. don't think beyond that you know and 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 that's just that's just the way it goes for some but i think that idea of gender equality is well in some ways it's going forward in some ways it's going back Mm -hmm. because you have uh you know people like myself of my generation who's like and i mean at 39 a different generation than the 20 year old who's graduating today but um the idea that there were women who were just starting to break and do some things different and now people like me are having babies and and of you know, my generation and we're passing that along but it's going to be a system i think for a long time where it's this idea of gender equality and, and uh women really wanting to branch out they still you're still considered to be something different you know like sure. you know so if i go climbing all the time or if i go exercise even just simple exercising you know whether it's hiking or going to the gym you know, for some people, it's like, well, why do you got to do that all the time? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why do you think it's okay just to sit on the couch and watch TV all the time? You know, right. like, why do you think that's an okay thing for you to do? And I don't, and that somehow is the norm. And for some people, they think that's great, but I don't know. I think other women are starting to see this, hopefully starting to feel that momentum of like, there is other opportunity and mm-hmm. it's okay to, you know, to be something different, to mm-hmm. 
to be this job that maybe that they're male dominated for why, you know, oh, it's a dirty job. Well, who cares? You know, it's like, I think ideally, hopefully more and more women will start seeing the fact that there's a huge world and things that they can do out there and they, they can do these things on their own. Right. You know, they don't need to have to be married to do that, you know, or whatever. You don't need a, a spouse or something. You can still go and be a doctor or be a climber or be a great tennis person, whatever, without having some dude around. Sure. And well, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things we mentioned at the beginning of the show and, and you got in touch with me was that, you know, you had sort of gotten fired up about, uh, like some of these media messages, um, in terms of, it was something like run like a woman or yeah, or some I, sort somebody of- sent me, um, a video. I was like, Dawn, you have to see this. And it was uh, from always.com. So it was a feminine products uh, oh, video uh, or uh, ad. And it was pretty interesting because it started off with people of my generation, right? Of like older people, like, you know, anybody over the age, I think the women, I think the people they interviewed were like over the age of 25, maybe. They, they didn't seem to be quite that young. But um, anyway, they said, you know, they were just stood in a... In a in a room and, and on the studio there. And they said, asked the people, I said to both men and women, and they said, Hey, run like a girl. And they showed this, like, uh, if you know, just like really f- sure. Yeah. Right, like right, sissy like, sort yeah. of like super ineffective way to run, you know, fight like a girl. And it showed like, you know, like slapping, scratching right. kind of like just ridiculous. And both men and women of this older age, that's the way they reacted to it. And then mm-hmm. when they showed the little girls, they said, show me what it's like to fight like a girl. And they, like, they acted like they were little ninjas. Right. And, you know, I mean, they, you know, like there was like straight off the matrix and it was right. like, run like a girl. And this little girl runs really hard. And, you know, so it's, we're not born with these things, right. but we are constantly reminded of these kind of things, you know? So it's, and I got that all the time growing up. Oh, you throw a ball like a girl, right? you know? And I could, I, I could throw the ball really well. And it's like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess that's what it means to throw like a girl. I'm, I'm pretty damn good at this, you know? And, um, yeah, I just think yeah. that that whole idea of that, like to do it like a girl is somehow weaker. I think that's just ridiculous to me. And so that's, that was what the video was about was how that we as society put these norms on each other. And we, we constantly put this on each other and without even thinking about it, mm-hmm. you know? So like, a little boy is has a has a toy or a little boy comes out of his room like dressed to go somewhere and you're like oh you look you look manly you know a little mm-hmm. girl comes out oh you look cute right you know and and so it's just those little words that we use to describe each other even just little things like that shape who we are and and ideally you know if we can just this this video like i said just really got me fired up because it really started making me think like well yeah you're right if you always look at me as this weaker person that's how you're going to treat me. Mm-hmm. And you need to, you know, that we just need to start looking at each other as equals. Now, do you think that climbing is any different than the greater world? I mean, I, I tend to believe that, uh, we have a pretty educated group of people in general. I mean, I don't think that's a belief. I think that's just mm-hmm. a fact. I think that there's a lot of inclusiveness in terms of, of, of race I mean, yeah. we don't have, I mean, it's pretty white for right. sure, but I don't think there's, it would be any pushback against other, you no, know, no. coming into climbing. Like no. we wouldn't be like, oh, who's, you know, Yeah. do you think that we as a group are a little better than society or do we still run into these same kind of 
pushes and pulls in nah, terms of accepting I think accepting we're no better than anyone else. Really? <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm not. I am no, in no way arguing that we are. I was curious what we you thought. We are no way better than the others. Right. No. Um, I think what the only difference for us is that um, the medium that we're on doesn't give a shit if you're a male or female. Sure. Right? So right. if I'm going to go climb a rock route or an ice route, it's not like it's going to be somehow easier for me right? or harder for me. You know, it's like whatever it is, it's, that's the route and there's, right. it's already been established and, and I have to do the same thing that maybe I do it different, but in the end result, we still get the route done. And so I think that's one of the cool things is that we have this great equalizer in that way, you know? So you have nature itself showing you that it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it's still going to be just as hard. Right. So. Well, yeah, I mean, in a certain extent, you know, I mean, we, we still, we're all humans, so we still categorize, we still right. judge, but we do have this way of which, you know, if, if this route got done, it's got done, whether you're a dude or whether mm-hmm. you're a girl. Right. 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 It's that's how it should be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but, you're right though, you know, we still have our qualifiers. Always, yeah. That, then there's always like, there's many women out there and there's, we, I have many women I've talked to about this, that, you know, a route has been done by a woman and then it's like, oh, well. It's downgraded. It gets downgraded. Right. Oh, well, so-and-so did that. Oh, it can't be that great. Like, that's such bullshit. Do you think that, that I mean, that, that I know I that, ego. well, ego I, I, I've, I mean, I've heard of the situation and it's always astounded me. Like, can that, does that really honestly happen? Like, yes. It, it, was it like a sport client thing or a bouldering thing? I think it's or? just all across the medium. Really? It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's huh. just, you know, cause it doesn't matter, right? There's, I always say there's no math equation that comes up with what these roots are graded. Right. It's just a, su- a right. suggestion, you yeah. know? And so for each of us, when you climb that grade, it means something to you. It has whatever, right? It's, we didn't sit, we didn't solve the world. We didn't, you know, cure cancer. We just climbed this one particular route. So it doesn't matter to anybody what the grade was, right? It's just a suggestion. But for some people, it's like, as soon as somebody accomplishes that thing, maybe it threatens their own ego, right? you know? And it's like, and for some, maybe that is a threat, just so that the fact that a woman did it, right? you know? And it's like, I don't know why for some people that that's just how it is. And some people they can give a shit, you know, they don't really care at all. Right. But for other people, they will always go after that and just be like, well, no, it's downgraded now. You know, know, actually, it's just always going to be that person sitting here and talking to you and thinking about it. You're absolutely right. Like we may even be worse (laughs) than the general society when it comes to that. (laughs) Um, I don't know why, but I started thinking about it and it's like, yeah. And, and there's so much, I think climbing can bring out so much of like the sort of male side of things that can be negative, like ego and these heavy competition mm-hmm. sorts of things. And, but you in know. some women, it brings out that same nastiness. Like right, there are definitely, right. I don't want to make it seem like we're this utopian society right. of women who go out and climb <laughs> yeah. and everybody's happy yeah, and nobody's like, catty oh, yeah, and nobody no. talks about each other behind their back. And that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> that's I mean, totally true. Yeah. They're and all humans. Yeah, too, yeah. And, and you know, and some, some of us can be just as competitive and just as nasty as that, you know, that dude over there swilling beer and mm-hmm. you know, there mm-hmm. could be the same girl doing the same thing. Right. You know, so, well, you know, we started out with kind of your life, we haven't really talked at all about your climbing, but one thing, you know, that you're doing as best you can is sort of walking the walk and, and, and climbing at a level, you know, competitive with anybody, not that you, you know, <laughs> um, so as, I mean, do you think that, do you think of yourself as something of an inspiration? 
No. No. <laughs> no, I just think of myself as somebody who likes to have fun and go climbing with other people. And uh, the end result is usually just to have fun with everybody. Right. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I don't know. I don't think of myself as that way at all. I just think of myself as somebody who wants to go climbing all the time. I would imagine there's thousands <laughs> of women that have gone through the Chicks Climbing program that would disagree with you. Yeah, well, that's nice of them. I hope that, like, I hope I, you know, it'd be great if I had that impact on people. Right. You know, that'd be awesome. But I definitely don't wake up each day and, and think of myself that way. I, well, you know, no, I put my pants freaking... on just the same way as everyone else. <laughs> you would be an egomaniac if that <laughs> Correct. was the case. Like, Correct. That would be some sort of asshole. Who am I going to inspire yeah. today? Uh, who am I going to save today? Right. Walking down the street. <laughs> There's a lucky soul. Yeah, I'm going to go inspire that guy. <laughs> Hello. I climb yeah. really hard. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I'm a big deal. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if well, you know how big of a big deal I think I am. I mean, you... <laughs> right, I guess I'm going to have to, like... Whether you like or not, I mean, like I said, there's got there's women that have gone through this program. Their inspiration. You have made your a life as a guide, which you know is also another place where ten, fifteen years ago, would it was really an unusual place for women to make a name for mm-hmm. themselves. So you're leading the way there. You're leading the way in a lot of ways on ice climbing because you were just talking about how you came into it right. I think at as this like little tick upward yeah. that it hit. And and also, I mean, you 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 are very vocal about this stuff. I know I know this from from hanging out with you and talking to you. This is something that is is a big concern of yours. Yeah, it really is. And I, it's crazy how how much it has overtaken me in the last couple of years. Just absolutely insane. I think I just get more and more and more fired up about it the more I'm out there because I just I think it's because of those stupid ass shows, those stupid ass reality shows, you right. know, and these stupid ways, these Disney shows, these ways that they portray women as if we're just some one this stupid and catty and shallow and like it and if we don't wear makeup and 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 have our nails done then we're just somehow not women and then the same way the way then those same shows portray men and the way you're supposed to treat us and we're supposed to treat Mm -hmm. each other that's not healthy and i think i see i see that i don't have television but i watch i see it enough like just little clips every now and again that's enough for me and I just get so pissed off that this is how people are being raised. And this is what people think is okay. Mm-hmm. And that is not okay. That's not okay. Like that Kim Kardashian, like she wants to come keep up with me someday. I, I challenge her. <laughs> I challenge her. Like keep up with me, Kardashians. Right. I'd like to see it. Right. You yes. know? Yeah. Let's, I call them out right here on this show on the Enorma <laughs> cast. I'm calling out the Kardashians. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I if think you she's have big, ties to them, I think she's you, a big fan of the she show. Has, I, yeah, 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 yeah. She just had her, yeah, just had it on the back of she's her. She's really upset by this. Yeah, but uh, well, cool. I mean, <laughs> that's out there now. That would be awesome. Yeah, but yeah. Well, I mean, I think we can just end there. Like, you know, again, you may not believe it, but I see it <laughs> on the outside looking in. Um, and I think that that crusade and the work that you do towards it is is probably great. And, you know, I don't imagine that you necessarily want it to take over your life entirely. You want to go climbing and you want to have right. fun and not worry right. about those sorts of things. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, you put yourself out there it probably to some criticism and that's uh, that's probably uh, a noble cause. Yeah, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more people have something to say about it. Right. And they don't always have nice things to say, but... Yeah, well, you just shut them off. They couldn't possibly have met you then. So <laughs> That's probably correct. Exactly. That's All right, Don. Well, I think we cranked well, thanks, it Chris. out. Good I game. appreciate you sitting down and uh, being so candid about those things. Well, thanks.
Thanks. I appreciate it. I, I had a great time on the Enorma cast. Just wanted to give a good plug. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Don for sitting down again. It was a real pleasure, and hopefully we will cross paths soon out there at the crags, having fun and climbing. And uh, I don't have much else to say tonight, today, at this moment. I said it all in the beginning. I hope I wasn't too heavy-handed, the donation thing. Makes me a little embarrassed to ask, but if you don't ask, you don't get. So I will just implore you at this point, Get out there and have some fun, but be extra safe. I don't know how you be extra safe. Just be safe. And don't forget to check your knot. It's much worse than smell football. Yeah, he's the victim. Their objections were that she was the victim. That's all right. I mean, if the singer's the victim, it's different. It's not sexy. He did a choice on it. He did a choice. We should have thought of that. If we'd had all you guys tied up, that probably would have been fine. But it's still a stupid It's such a fine line between stupid and clever. It's just a little turnabout. Yeah.